Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Matt Galvin, Rich Klein, and Angela and Stefan Loeffler. We're going to talk to Matt about why a young person would tackle T206s. Here, here, and bravo, and also T218. Thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, and ComC, well represented today, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Welcome, Matt, Rich, Angela, and Stefan. And uh, Matt, tell us how you got started back into collecting, because you probably collected when you were a kid, and you're not a kid anymore. You're an adult. you got a family. And uh, thanks for being here. Thank you, Dr. Beckett. It's been a fun journey to give a little background. I grew up in the 90s, 2000s junk wax era, run into my local Target, bust open packs there and loved it. My fondest memory from my childhood was convincing one of my best friends to sell all of his Pokemon, probably super valuable Pokemon cards so we could go buy more 90s, 2000s junk wax cards. I think there's a statute of limitations on that crime, Matt. Yeah, Yeah, probably. But I think it still kindled the love for baseball and baseball cards. And then you fast forward into, I think it was 2020, the height of COVID. We were all in our houses. I was sitting in my bed late one night and had this great thought of, oh, where's my childhood baseball card? And so I ran to our garage late that evening and I probably spent two or three hours late in the wee hours of the night just sorting through cards, bringing back all the nostalgia And so I knew I had the love for baseball cards, but I knew that I didn't want to get back into the cards I collected um, as a kid. Started following the card industry from afar for really the next year and then was introduced. But not buying anything. Not buying anything. Just learning. Just a casual worker trying to catch up, really figure out what's been going on over the last 20 plus years. Yeah. And so it was there that I was introduced to Net54 and other vintage places and really caught my eyes on some vintage cards, specifically the T206 cards. Honestly, I remember seeing those cards and I'd never seen anything like it. And it blew the doors off what I thought a baseball card could be. Then I started learning about the history and the strength of baseball and its history and the Americana and all the stories that are behind these players. And it got me excited. And so that's how I slowly started into the journey of T206. I haven't been in the hobby for super long, but it's just been an incredible place to learn history and enjoy these cards and really um, have a lot of fun at the same time. What was the oldest card you remember from back in the 90s when you were a kid? I probably ended up with a few cards from the late 70s, mid 80s, but nothing. So we're still about 70 or 80 years off from the T206s, but if you were going to Target... That's strictly new cards. So you never went to card shows or card shops when you were a kid? No, Just a neighborhood thing? Because then you would have no exposure to T206. That's right. My parents were nice enough to let me spend a few bucks on some cards here and there. I don't remember a few bucks doing it. in those days means a few bucks. That's right. Nowadays, if the kid says, Mom, give me a few bucks, he means 20s, 100s, whatever. But a few bucks. Okay, great. Okay, so you took your few bucks, and you were at Target, and you had some buddies that collected too? That's right, yeah. I had a few different friends. I think that their interest lied more in football and basketball and some of those sports. My family's got a lot of history in baseball. I had a few uncles that played in the minor leagues. And for better or worse, an undying love for the 
Texas Rangers. Football's always been one of my true loves, but yeah. Friends didn't end up sticking around the hobby. I obviously didn't either, but I think that there was a backbone there in those early childhood days that my love for baseball and then love for cards still was hiding in there. It just never came back out until much more recently. Do you think you would have rediscovered if it wasn't for the pandemic and then going back and finding the cards of your youth? That's a great question. I think I probably would have. I think that a pandemic for the first time for all of us, it forced us. There's obviously lots of pros and cons to COVID, but one of the... Lots of cons. Absolutely. (laughs) Not many pros. uh, I agree with that. But one of the things that forced us all is to just be in our houses and force ourselves to spend time with our significant others. And then also for many of us, either start new hobbies or jump into things that we hadn't thought about. I know a lot of home renovations were being done because people just looked up and said, hey, I need to fix something. I'm staring at a lot longer than I had been previously before. But I think that it definitely helped getting back into it. Rich, do you consider significant others to include your cards? Not yet. (laughs) Stefan? No comment? (laughs) (laughs) Angela? Yeah. Way behind Stefan, but no. yeah, way Stefan, <laughs> significant others. If I really consider they come alive, Matt. If, but I will tell you, the cards do talk to me. We've had this. There talk. we go. We've had this talk. So you have a relationship, right? But I've sold my inventory on a couple You're, occasions. Therefore, I'm not married to them. You're married to Dina. I'm married to Happily. <laughs> so speaking of that, you are fairly new at being married, and you have a couple of young kids. Which is a different challenge to building when you don't have unlimited funds. So explain how you decide how to be careful when you're buying something. Yeah, and I think that's a great question. And I'd also love to hear everyone's wisdom here about ways that they've done that as well. But for me, what it's looked like, I wanted to get quantity over quality. And so what that looks like is buying a very limited amount of cards a year. So I talk with my wife and... For us, what that looks like is in this season of life with young kids and we'd love to buy a house down the road, it's, hey, let's, I'm going to make one, I call it my marquee purchase for the year for a Hall of Famer. And then there'll be events and things, card shows, I might pick up a few minor Hall of Famers or some commons. There's other things like Secret Santa or something like that. But I think that's a good place to start and it's a journey and I'm not in a rush to spend a bunch of money right up front because I do want to really grow in my understanding of the set and the hobby. And so there's so much to learn. I would be very naive to say, I don't have it figured out now, but it's been an amazing journey, slowly chipping away at the T206 set and getting to meet some great folks along the way. So that's really where we stand right now in the season of life with some very, and- some very quick, free and facetious wisdom. And that is that if you have two kids, one of them should start collecting American League T206s, and the other could be National League. And you just, for their birthdays, kids, I know you don't understand right now, but when you're older, you'll appreciate. Daddy is buying cards for you, and he's going to hold on to them. (laughs) And when you're really old, then you could maybe have them or trade them back to me. It's a David Porter strategy. I'm kidding, but... If your kids were into it, I think collecting has become more of a group activity. If you're doing it solitary, that's the way we did it in the old days. But nowadays, if you got active in Net54, Matt is a lot like Ryan Nolan in the sense that he's another young guy that's really 
looking for older cards and going around the country doing that and having a lot of fun doing that. And I think some of the dealers make better deals for you than they would for me because they want to encourage. So press that advantage. <laughs> and like I say, you bring your kids yes. with you, that lowers the price further. Now, you're also very fortunate. And I think you've told me that you stopped in once at the Dallas Card Show. You're very fortunate you're 20, 30 minutes away from it. And I would heartily recommend the Starlight Room for you to drop in at the next time you come up. <laughs> it is a room more towards what you're collecting. Yeah, I think I stopped on my way out into the Starlight Room and thought to myself, man, I need to really hone in here next time. So I'm looking forward to doing that. But you said if you can sneak away on Friday afternoon or Saturday afternoon, come on up. And I think you'll right. I think you'll see the dealers. That room is more like the old school show. Just a very large version of an old school show. My math brain works like this. It's not a theorem, but I think the price that the dealer would ask for a T206, a typical card that's not priced that's on the table, is proportional to the age of the potential buyer. That's very believable. <laughs> if you could even be younger, you'd get even better deals. <laughs> Steel is going to go to the 10-year-old that sure, says, yeah. I don't have that much money, but I sure would like that card. <laughs> and the dealer says, sure, kid, you can just have it. Wow. Now, you're not 10, but they're probably going to be sympathetic. Don't you think? I will tell you, as a dealer, I sold my inventory last year, but one of the things was when I would see somebody at a show, if I knew they were collectors, and there were a few people I bought from me I knew were collectors, they automatically got better deals than the people I thought were just buying, trying to, I'm going to put the word in quotes, beat me. If you're working on your 67 set, I'm going to take better care of you than I am if you're looking to buy Deceiver Rookie. Because I figure, unless that's the last card you need for your set, and I know that you've been working on it for a long time, I know you're going to want to keep that set. Where if you're buying a Deceiver Rookie or a Karoo Rookie or a 68 Bench or a Ryan or whatever, you're probably looking for an investment purpose. I very much love when dealers actually do price their cards on their table. However, there are benefits to no prices on the table. And a lot of deals that otherwise I wouldn't walk into generally happen on those cards that did not have prices on them. But Angela, I priced my cards, but I still know how to do deals. Oh yeah, not all of your cards are priced. That's true. So. Most of them. Generally, if it's not priced, there is wiggle room. And that's why I think the new people who are setting up have not totally understood yet of the fact that if it's not priced, there should be wiggle room. There isn't just price guide price. Okay. So the other thing on a name thing, I'm just wondering if Matt walked up, if you were doing old judges, and you said, can you make me a deal on this Pud Galvin card? There aren't enough people named Pud anymore. <laughs> I know, but it, he's my great-grandfather. I thought about it. I and thought... I bet they'd cut you a deal. You'd whip out your driver's license and you say, part of the story is real. <laughs> it is my name. Our family's from St. Louis. You have to be related it's, in some... There's some ancestry there that I'm still working on to find out. So stay tuned on that one. But I'm, I'm great somebody... if you were related to Pud Galvin. He is. He, he is. It's somewhere. sent me a rack, a random act of kindness. sent me a Beckett... Lacrosse card? It might have been John Keating sent it to me. John Keating sent a lot of people random yeah. acts of kindness. He sent them random acts yeah. of kindness, too. He just sent me the fractional. Matt, you had a Rip Van Winkle experience. He had a 20-year break. What has kept you guys sustained in the hobby for so long over so many years? Obviously, there's 
some financial incentive, but what I've learned over the years is finances and a living isn't sustainable as far as something that you're really driven to do for your entire career. You got to really enjoy it. And I'd love to hear what has made the card hobby and industry something that has captivated you for so long. Basically, the opposite of you, you're very focused on a couple of sets. I was so broad and that was the allure for me. I wanted to know everything, and you can't know everything, but I enjoyed trying. In terms of the hobby, I'm very similar to Jim and that. And if I had been smart financially, I would have just bought a few cards, the best players and the best condition right. I could have afford, and said to heck with it. Me too. But I built collections, I built things, I understood collecting. When I got hired, we all went off in slightly different directions within the Price Guide team, but my direction ended up being what we'll call the book guy because I was the one interested in the history of the cards, the stuff I've never seen before. And that's what kept me going. It's a thrill, the chase of seeing something I've never seen before. The other thing is I like a paycheck. <laughs> me and Rich also work together, but some of it's a sunken cost fallacy wherein I've spent so much time, but also I agree, I, I spent so much time looking at these sets and I know so much about those sets and just researching sets, finding new information. The printer for 48 Bowman or just, hey, I'm three cards away from finishing this set or I'm two cards away from finishing that set. If I slowly feature out, I can pick them off one at a time and be done with that set. Then what's the next set? What's the next set? You also did quite a project with the Senator Slash twins. I'm a huge history guy. 3% of the cards. Yeah. Most of my childhood beginnings in this actually caught a fire my senior year of high school. I started from scratch when I came back. Um, but uh, it's all interesting. It's history. It's just looks cool art-wise. Overall, what grabs me is basically the art. Thanks, Matt, for sharing your story. And thanks, Angela and Stefan and Rich mm -hmm. for uh, chiming in. The man in the house of cards.